0: We are continuing in our series on looking at Jesus revealed and um, ultimately it stems from a question that we explored back in October of who do you say Jesus is and that's out of Matthew 16 where Jesus asked his disciples who do you say that I am and it really sort of, um, it's an important question because it really is significant, not just what somebody else says or some who some other person says Jesus is. It really matters who you say Jesus is. Who do you know Jesus to be? And is Jesus worth it for you to press in for a deeper revelation of who he really is? Again, you're the only one who can answer that question. Do, do you, is it worth it for you to press in deeper for a greater revelation. Or are you okay where you're at? Right? That's between you and the Lord. That's fine. Right? He'll never force us. But he invites us to come closer. The other question is, what quality of life is good enough for you? Right? So if Jesus is the one, he said he came to, he, so that he could give life and life abundantly to us. Then there's a promise that the closer we get to him, the more we get connected to him, the greater measure of abundant life we're going to have. And so how you answer those questions determines really two things. One is, what's the measure of abundant life you're content with or that you have in your life? And what's the measure of the revelation of Jesus that you can actually share with other people? Because you can only give away what you have. And so um, that's why who you say Jesus is, who you've experienced Jesus in your life to be, is really critical. Because that's the Jesus that you can release to those people in your sphere of influence. Like, So if you know him to be the Prince of Peace, because you've experienced his peace through a storm of your life, you can release that to somebody and say, this is my story, this has been my experience. If you know the love of the father that's on towards Jesus, he's the beloved son, right? If you've experienced that love, you have the ability to release that same measure of love to others around you. If you've never experienced it, it limits your ability to actually release it. Does that make sense? Um, so for this series, we're really looking at who you say Jesus is, and we're looking at it through the lens of John. And so we've been going through the gospel of John. When we finish that, we'll go through the letters of John. And so this past month in January, we looked at John chapter 1 through John chapter 3, verse 21. And we identified 33 revelation statements so far about who Jesus is. And so we're making a master list that we'll have at the end of the year, or at the end of this sermon series, of all of the statements that we've pulled out of, so Lisa and me are the ones who are primarily preaching on this, but what we've pulled out of the Gospel of John or the letters of John that identify a revelation of who Jesus is, right? And so today we're going to continue um, in John chapter 3. And so if you have your Bibles, you can open up to verse 22, and that's where we're going to start. He who was with you across the Jordan to whom you bore witness, look, he is baptizing and all are going to him. So to set the stage, they're in the Judean countryside. Jesus and his disciples are baptizing. Now we find out in the next chapter, John four, that Jesus actually wasn't baptizing. His disciples were baptizing. So you can decide, right? So I'm not going to make a case on it. Um, John and his disciples were baptizing, right? So that we know for sure. And there's a question that arises for John's disciples where they're sort of looking at Jesus and what's happening in his ministry. They're looking at John and what's happening in his ministry. And it seems like they're raising a question that implies a sense of comparison. Hey, look at what's happening in Jesus's ministry. Look what's happening with his disciples. And then look at us. And John, it's an interesting thing because in verse 27, it's interesting to look at how John answers his disciples. He says, a person cannot receive even one thing unless it is given him from heaven. That's a powerful statement right there. You yourselves bear me witness that I said, I'm not the Christ, but I have been sent before him. The one who has the bride is the bridegroom. The friend of the bridegroom who stands and hears him rejoices greatly at the bridegroom's voice therefore this joy of mine is now complete he must increase i must decrease and so john the baptist he hears his disciples hearts john was one of the most powerful prophets ever like don't miss it jesus said he was one of the most important figures in all of mankind right before um, those who accepted jesus right followers of jesus And yet the reality is that John, he knows his role. He knows his place. He knows what the Lord called him to do. And he says to to let, he tells his disciples, all a person has comes from heaven. I love that statement because it's so true today. Everything you have, it's not because of your hard work. It's not because of your great efforts. It comes from heaven It's because you have a heavenly father that is blessing you. He may have blessed you with a job that provides finances that put food and a house um, in your possession, right? And you could say, well, I did that. John would say, it all comes from heaven. That's something you got to look at, I think. John says, I'm not the Christ. He's reminding his disciples of who he is. I am the one who was sent before the Christ. I'm just the messenger. That's my role. Jesus, he's the bridegroom. He's the one who gets the bride. And I, John's saying, I'm the friend of the bridegroom. And so what's my role? I'm going to celebrate. I'm going to honor. I'm going to rejoice that the bridegroom is here. And it's a great day. I'm going to applaud him. And I'm going to rejoice in his increase. His ministry is going to start going like this, and mine is going to decrease, and that's perfectly okay, because that's how God set it up. That's hard for us if we wrestle with issues of comparison. So if you were one of John's disciples, it's a tricky thing, because you were putting all your hope in John, but John never, he never, he was always clear about his role, right? Verse 31, it says, he who comes from above is above all. He who is of the earth belongs to the earth and speaks in an earthly way. He who comes from heaven is above all. And so Jesus is the one who comes from above, and he is above all. Hence his authority. That's why he has authority over all things. Right? It comes from his position With the Father in connection with the Holy Spirit verse 32 it says he bears witness to what he has seen and heard yet no one receives his testimony whoever receives his testimony sets his seal to this that God is true for he whom God has sent utters the words of God for he gives the spirit without measure so Jesus bears witness to what he has seen and heard from the Father. Like we've said that many times here, that Jesus only um, did what he saw the Father do, doing. He only said what he heard the Father saying, right? And those who receive his testimony, now know that John's saying that many don't receive his testimony, right? We see that. And yet those who do, they, um, they set a seal. They declare that God is true, and it sets a seal on it. Like it seals the deal. Yes, indeed. It's like an amen, right? And then Jesus, he utters the words of God. Do you believe that? So when you listen to the words of Jesus, when you, if you have a red-letter edition, <laughs> captures those, those words of Jesus, are those the words of God? Right, You have to decide. Um, Jesus gives the Spirit without measure. There's no limit to the outpouring of the Spirit. Verse 35, it says, The Father loves the Son and has given all things into his hand. Whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. Whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. But the wrath of God remains on him. So again, Jesus is the father's beloved son, right? The the best way that I see that is in the text of his baptism, right? Where you hear the heavens open up and a voice comes and it declares, this is my son in whom I'm well pleased. And we've said this before, but it's before Jesus has done any ministry. So often in our lives, we feel like we get praise or um, condemnation based on our actions, and yet the reality is that the, the son, Jesus, the father's son, Jesus, is beloved, period. It's not based on any great things that he did. It's not based on his obedience. It's just on who he is. It's the same for us. And Jesus has given all things, or Jesus has been given all things into his hand. Again, that captures that sense of authority. Whoever believes in the son has eternal life. That's a promise. I love the tense. This is the ESV version. And basically it says, whoever believes in the Son has eternal life. It's yours right now. It's not when you die. It's not when you go to heaven. You have it right now. If you've accepted Jesus into your life. Whoever does not obey the Son. Isn't it interesting that it doesn't say whoever does not believe in the Son? It says, whoever does not obey the Son shall not see life. Why? Because they can't access the abundant life that's only found in connection and relationship with Jesus. Right? It's not something that God's doing to be mean. It's a way that he set it up. That the avenue or the key is through Jesus to access abundant life. The other thing that I think in this passage that's, that's interesting is that belief implies obedience. So it's one thing to say with my lips, I believe, but then my actions show that I actually don't walk in the same manner as Jesus did. And so that's a real question, right, to search our hearts. Is there any misalignment in what I profess and how I live? Or when the Holy Spirit comes and says, Phil, I want you to go do this, and I say, no because that scares me, or no, that's uncomfortable, right? There's a connection with that sense of obedience and belief. Do I really believe that God's always good? Do I really believe that he's always for me? Do I believe that what he invites me in leads me to greater measures of abundant life, right? Um, They're all good questions, (laughs) All right, who is Jesus revealed in this section of Scripture, John 3, to 36? The first thing I pulled out is Jesus is the bridegroom. He's the one who celebrated. He, he came for a bride. If you've said yes to Jesus, you're part of the bride. Have you ever taken time to think about that? To envision him as your bridegroom and to see yourself fully as his bride. That's something that you could explore deeper if you've never done that. Jesus is the one who must increase. He's continuing to increase. What does that mean for us? I think often in the Christian circles, what I've heard is that you just have to diminish yourself. And I think that's not true. That there's a part of us that God created us. We're supposed to celebrate who we are in him. But the truth is Christ in me, the hope of glory needs to grow, right? As I host more of him, I become more like him. As I behold him, I become what I behold, right? So it starts becoming more of him in my life, less of my, how I used to live, that kind of thing. My responses change. Jesus is the one who comes from above and is above all. For me, one of the things I take from that is he cares about everything that's going on in my life. He's above it. He's actually concerned about it. He's concerned about me, so therefore he's concerned about everything that would it try to encroach upon my life. He cares about it. And he's above it. He's not, um, he is not rattled or shaken by anything that would try to overwhelm me. That's good news. The fourth one, Jesus bears witness to what he has seen and heard from the Father. Obviously, this is a key to the Father's heart. If you want to know his heart, look at Jesus. Look at what he does in the Gospels. Look at what he says, how he interacts with people. Those are all keys into the Father's heart for you and me. Jesus utters the words of God. Jesus gives the Spirit without measure. There's no limit. No limit. There's so much more. There's no limit. That's a good one to jump into. What would it look like, Lord, for me to experience the truth that you give the Spirit without measure? Is there more for me to access in this season of my life than I've experienced up to this point? It's a good conversation. Jesus is the Father's beloved Son. We've talked about that. And then the last one for this morning is Jesus has been given all things into his hand. He's not lacking or sufficient and insufficient in any way. That's really good news. And so as we've been doing with um, every message in this series, looking at who do you say Jesus is? Do you know about these truths about Jesus? Or do you know Jesus as these truths? So here's eight more revelations. Do you know them to be true? Have you experienced Jesus in that way? Or are there aspects regarding these truths about Jesus that you just you want to press in for more? That's a good place to be, right? We're in a really healthy spot, if that's where you're at. Can you share the Jesus revealed in John 3, 22 to 36 with integrity? to those in your sphere of influence, right? Where you know that you know that you know this to be true. So when you share it, the person you're encountering knows that you know that you know that you know this Jesus, right? And if you can't, then a question would be, why not? It's not a condemning question. It's just a question. But is there something that is blocking you from knowing the fullness of Jesus revealed in these verses? And if there is, do you want to do something about it? Do you want to invite the Holy Spirit, Jesus the Father, to come in and minister to that thing that would be blocking or to reveal it by shining his light and having him give you the grace, right, which is the power to do something that you could never do on your own to eradicate that blockage? Are you willing to allow the Holy Spirit to take you deeper into encountering the fullness of Jesus? Right. And that's a question we're just going to ask every single week that we go through this message. Do we want more? Are we willing to ask the Holy Spirit to take us into the deeper things of God? Right. Let's pray. Jesus, I thank you for the revelation of who you are in um, this passage of scripture. Thanks for the ways that you, um, you utilize, uh, John. Um, the apostle to, to capture this um, this portrait, these aspects, these truths of who you are, your identity. And I pray that you would, um, for everybody who's listening, whether they're here in person or whether they listen on the podcast at a later time, that any of these truths that you want to highlight for the individuals, that they would just sort of rise to the top. And there'd be something about it, whether a phrase or something that catches their attention that says, I want to know that Jesus more. I want to know more about Jesus in that way. And then, Lord, would we lean into you? Would we take the time needed to press in for the more and to allow you to lead us to experiencing Jesus afresh and growing deeper in our relationship with you? And we celebrate that you are the bridegroom, and you came for a bride, and that we are a part of that bride, and there 's a huge celebration and that comes with that that 's connected to that and I pray that we would experience that at a deeper level. And we thank you that way that you reveal the father 's heart. and I pray that if we wrestle with that. I pray that you would lead us on a process of uncovering truths about how you reveal, through your actions and your words, the very heart of Father God. And that it would shine light on how we see our Heavenly Father. We praise you for your yeses. And we thank you for the authority that you have, and then the authority that you've given us um, as followers of you to release more of the kingdom here on earth as it is in heaven. And pray that you would guide us this week in just new and fresh ways as we interface with individuals, whether it's coworkers or neighbors or family members or strangers, where we can reveal and release the love of God more fully in those places. Yeah, we ask that you would seal this word for your glory. And you would utilize it to accomplish all that you desire to accomplish. In Jesus' precious name. Amen.